0: There's a lot of programs that the people don't know the Y runs. They don't realize the impact of how many people we have each year is that we serve 12 to 13,000 people a year through just this facility, you know, and, and we serve meals to the youth. Last year, we served over 16,000 meals.
1: There's a place in Southern Oregon filled with gorgeous natural beauty, friendly yet independent people, and a mild, comfortable climate. That place is called Grants Pass. These are the stories of the people that live and work in Josephine County. These are the movers and shakers that make this place the best. This is Grants Pass VIP.
2: Matt Lund has been married to his wife Stephanie for 11 years. He has four kids, 10, 9, 6, and 5. Matt loves being active, spending time with his family, serving the community and discovering how he can make a bigger impact on people's lives, serving a higher purpose. Matt Lund, welcome to the Grants Pass VIP Podcast.
0: Thank you, I enjoy being here.
2: Yeah, Uh, so why don't you just let us know a little bit about who you are and where people would know you from. Sure,
0: I I don't know how many would know me locally, although I've been here for a year, a little over a year and a half now. I grew up in central California, most of my childhood life, obviously, and then for college, I left and went to New Mexico. I uh, actually was an athlete, played basketball in college, had a Florida basketball scholarship. Uh, from there, I moved out to the Midwest, and I played semi-pro basketball uh, in the CBA. Uh, this is now going on 21 years ago. It's been some years, but after playing, I uh, unfortunately came across an injury and was it not able to play anymore, and I ended up having to decide what to do in life for a career, right? What, mm. what do we do to support ourselves? How do we do it? And what's our passion? I decided to go in and, and um, work with youth and work with families and, and do it around what I loved, which was playing sports. So I ended up getting a job at a YMCA in Wisconsin and started out as a sports coordinator. Did it for about two and a half years. Then I ended up going to work for the Chicago Metro YMCA as an operations director. And I was running one of the largest sports programs in the country for YMCA's. I ended up having about 6,000 kids that came through my sports programs and running another YMCA as well. I was able to then take my career and go down to work for the Wichita YMCA. I became an executive there in Wichita, was there for a few years, and then moved on to the Twin Cities and worked in downtown Minneapolis for the YMCA as well. And I was able to really get a well-rounded background working in the YMCA and understanding different aspects. Doing governmental work, doing obviously nonprofit work for the Y, learning to work with youth, learning to work with older adults, uh, learning to work with families and and business uh, ventures. And so it just really gave me a well-rounded background. So I ended up wanting to do more around working with people and understanding how do we help people become more balanced in their life? How, How do you become healthy spiritually, physically, emotionally? mentally. So I ended up becoming the executive director for the National Wellness Institute, which is one of the oldest nonprofit wellness organizations in the world. Uh, I did that for about three and a half years. We really focused around the mindfulness and resilience and behavior change. Not so much, uh, again, more the holistic approach, but not so much the physical and nutrition side of it. I got a lot of that information and a lot of that um, background from the YMCA. Again, it was a, how do we go about this in the spirit, mind, body? Having that education and that background working at the National Wellness Institute along with the YMCA, um, when I left the Y to work for the National Wellness Institute, I learned a lot, enjoyed my time there. And then I got to a point where it was time for me to come back to where my first love was which was working for the YMCA uh, and making an impact in the way that I thought I could do best which was serving the community. I wanted to get back into the why but I was trying to figure out where was the best place for me and how could I take my background to then serve a, a bigger and better purpose in the type of community that fit myself and my family. That was where it led me to Grants Pass. And I grew up actually, again, in California, but I grew up coming up to the Pine and Bend area oh, wow. to do hunting and fishing with family that I had that lived in Bend mm-hmm. uh, and also had family up in the Portland area. We'd come up and visit, then we'd go hunt and fish, and I just I fell in love with Southern Oregon. Um, and so when I saw the opportunity down here, that was why I applied. It got me here to this area. And again, I've been here now a little over a year and a half, and uh, you know, having my four young kids and my wife... We are truly enjoying it. I think there are a lot of great things here. It's unfortunate that we're going through the pandemic right now, but, you know, I, I see a community that is still coming together to do more. Uh, I'm just myself grateful to be a part of it and uh, hoping that we can continue to come together and really thrive together as a community as we all come through this pandemic.
2: Oh, That's great. That's really, really cool to hear. Quite a background, and you've kind of seen a little bit of everything. <laughs> so... What leads you into this line of work versus anything else? I know it's kind of been your background up until this point, but why? Why do you think you're more drawn toward this versus other things?
0: There are very few people that actually get to do what they're passionate about. I think a lot of people go to work to have a paycheck to support either themselves or their families, whether it's their immediate family or, or their extended family. But there are a lot of people that unfortunately don't love the work they do. I'm one of those on the other side that I I get a chance to come to work and do what i love to do. And you know, we say serve the community and really what does that mean? Do we physically make an impact? Do we set up programs and operations that we can specialize in that then make an impact? I think there's a lot that comes to this is I do take a business approach. You know, I look at the numbers and I say, well, how do we make sure we're sustainable? How do we make sure that we're going to be around longer than just now you know that we're going to be here in ten years from now, twenty years from now, a hundred years from now, and what does that look like? And so for me, um, you have a lot of people that are left brain or right brain or A personality, B personality. I have a good mix of both. I may not physically do it with my hands, but it's more strategic thinking, strategic planning. Sometimes decisions that are tough to be made are my position has to make those, although they may not be popular. And I'm okay with that because of my, the way my personality is. And But at the same time, I can also be a big kid. You know, I love Disneyland and I love going out and doing things. And so for me, the alignment of what I enjoy is that this allows me to balance. And I think that's what everyone's looking for is they're doing their passion that they want to do for work, but they're also are trying to find their balance in life. For me, this work allows me to have my family time. It allows my kids to come in and be a part of what I'm doing. It allows my wife to come be a part of what we're doing here in the community. She also works at the Y. It allows me to actually interact with all different people, really diversifying those that I interact with and understanding different backgrounds, whether it's a wealthy background or a poverty background, and understanding that we all need to come together and we all need to see how we can make that alignment to thrive as a community especially again in these times. And so for me, and I know that's kind of a long-winded answer, mm-hmm. but it really focuses in on where's your passion, where's your strengths, and how does it best play to where you can balance your life. I feel that this position allows me to have all that.
2: Would you recommend this type of position to someone else that had a similar background?
0: To be honest with you, that's a tough answer. Um, <laughs> there are people that I know that do not want my position. Yeah. They just say, nope, I couldn't do it, there's too much to it. The reality is, is that there are good parts of my job or mm-hmm. my career and there are parts that just aren't very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to sometimes in my position make unpopular choices or unpopular decisions. And then we have to live with them and we have to see who they affect. My hope is, is that when those decisions are made, that they're made to serve more of a population or area that needs it more than another and so people get upset by that and so you need to be a little tough-skinned with it although emotions I think always take over in one way or another Mm -hmm. so making recommendations to people it all depends on what your temperament level is depends on what your capacity of dealing with stress is Mm -hmm. um, depends on your desire are you an extrovert are you an introvert and what do you like to have a part of your own life is if you're an extrovert this life fits you very well. You have to be in the, you are in the public eye, you have to be able to present to people, you have to be able to have conversations, awkward conversations with people. If you're an introvert that doesn't like that and doesn't want to be the front face of things, this is not the career for you. I think it's looking at, again, where your passions align and where you see yourself thriving as an individual to then better your life around you. It's tough to say I recommend it or don't recommend it. I would have to know the person and know what their long-term goals are in life, you know, and how does this best suit them uh, with their experiences.
2: That's a great answer. That's really good. (laughs) I like that. Out of all the classes and services that the YMCA offers, what would you say is your top one? Is there one that kind of shines above the rest in terms of being your best seller or anything of that sort? Well, here's
0: the beautiful thing about the Y is that we are so diversified and inclusive that it's hard to say this is the one that is the best me personally the one that pulls my heartstrings and what i love going and seeing is the youth development how we develop kids in sports how we get kids in our pre-k programs and educate them and to support them um, especially in today's society is that there are a lot of Uh, grandparents that are raising kids, there's a lot of single parents that are raising kids, and then you do have great families that are there, married parents and everything is going well, but unfortunately we're in a time that that seems to be not the norm. I love seeing kids thrive. I mean, to me, that's what's important. Overall, what we do is that you have this other side of the spectrum away from the youth, is that you have your senior population, uh, maybe your retirees, a lot of them are widowed. What's for them? And so what's important to that generation? We have programs here that we offer you know, day trips to go have lunch together or trips to the coast or just social activities. It's the purpose that drives them in life. And so you have this youth side that's here to support our future leaders, but then you have this other side that's there to support this community, uh, very much like Grants Pass. Is you have a big retiree community here. So we have to have programs here for them. But then you have this other part, right, that we have to support our young adults or that middle-aged adult that is trying to stay healthy in some ways. And so it's tough to say this is our favorite program. The bottom line is we must socially be healthy. And I think that's the thing with the pandemic right now is that there are a lot of people that are mentally not healthy. Mm -hmm. The why is here to help support that, whether you're youth, middle-aged, or senior population. That, to me, they all encompass into this this is the best program, is that we are here for the social aspect. We're here to strengthen people through conversation, through education and development. Um, there's a lot of programs that the people don't know the Y runs and they don't know, and they, or I shouldn't say they they don't realize the impact of how many people we have each year, is that we serve 12 to 13,000 people a year through just this facility. You know, and, and we serve meals to the youth. Last year we served over 16,000 meals. I love the youth sports, I love the senior programs, I love the swim programs that we have. All of these pieces are the tools that we build people on, right? We give them hope, we give them purpose, we give them a way for an outlet. And that's how important the why is to the community. And so, uh, again, another long-winded answer, but the bottom line is there is no one specialized program. They're all special because everybody has a different need. And so that need that is when it's met, it's special to them.
2: Absolutely. That's great. Okay. Let's take a break from that conversation. I wanted to bring up a question for you. During these crazy times, do you feel like your business is indestructible? Most people don't. And if not, the real question is why and what can you do to make it as indestructible as possible? Well, that's the basis of my new book, Nine Ways to Amazon Proof Your Business. I'm going to talk about The second way, which is called being consistent. I cover this all in chapter two, and I'm not talking about being consistent in a very generic way. I'm talking about specifically being consistent in your communications with your customers, not just customers you're looking to have, but customers you've already had and getting them to know, like, and trust you. Now you could be doing this through paid advertising, but you could also be doing it organically through social media via videos, via blog posts, via podcasts like this, getting out there so that people can get to know, like and trust you so that when they do become customers, they don't just become customers that enjoy and love your products or services. They know, like, and trust you as a person. That's a value they can't get from big companies. I also have eight other ways to Amazon-proof your business. Basically, the idea of making it competition-proof to even someone as big as Amazon.com. So if you'd like to get your hands on a free copy of my book, go to AmazonProofBook.com. Sign up and you will get a free copy and get the chance to purchase a a physical copy of it for a special price. In addition to that, if you happen to be in the Josephine County area or nearby and you're looking to have a speaker come and discuss these type of issues with your organization, club, or group of friends, then I have a limited calendar that I may be able to fit you into. Go check out brianjpombo.com speaking and fill out the application. We'll be sure and get back to you on that. And now let's get back to our show. What project do you see coming up in the next six months or so that you're most excited about here at the Y?
0: Yeah, we have a few projects that are coming up. Okay. I'm trying to think, of, is this the time to announce it? Oh. <laughs> um, I, I would say that we are venturing uh, to expanding Y services, and we are we are moving towards having a second YMCA facility here in Grants Pass. Oh, that will be specialized in overall well-being programs. Hmm. That is up and coming. That is um, working with a committee right now and board members. Um, We're also talking with members of the community to make sure we do this right. Uh, We are also growing in programs here. We're making more partnerships. We're doing more stuff with the schools. You know, depending on what happens with the restrictions that come out, we're going to try to do more after-school programming and and full-time childcare programming. So there's a lot of things happening in the community And so we're expanding in many, many different ways than what we ever have before, depending on what happens with COVID, what happens with the restrictions. It's going to depend on timeline, but there are some exciting new projects happening. Uh, We've had a lot of work that we've done over the last year, year and a half here. Yes, we're excited about it. Uh, Again, I don't want to say too much because there are still more details that need to come out. But yes, the why is is expanding and, and having more reach than what we have had in years.
2: Yeah, that's great. And you've mentioned the COVID pandemic and everything. How has the focus changed here at the Y in terms of all that and everything else that's going on right
0: now? It's unfortunate everybody is feeling the pressure from the pandemic. There aren't, I would say probably 95% of the business out there feeling it from one way or another. And I, I think a lot of this, we need to leave the politics out of it and remember that we have to think community and people first and impact from within and then outreach from there. This pandemic has created a, I hate to say this way, but it's created an opportunity for us to look at how we can redo things to better who and, and what we are. And I hope that other businesses are doing that too, is that the way that we used to do things is probably not going to be that way for years. And so you have to venture out and say, what risk, what strategic risk do we have to take? What is the five thousand dollar mistake opposed to the fifty thousand dollar mistake? What are we going to learn from it when those mistakes come up? Realizing the mistakes are going to happen, mm-hmm. for us, it did have a hard impact. Here is that we we went through trying not to furlough staff or have to terminate staff. We were able to pay a good majority of our staff through the whole pandemic and while we were closed down, we had a fantastic support from a majority of our members that did not cancel and allowed us to draft, um, which is fabulous. And that shows that we have built a lot of great relationships and people put a lot of trust in what we're gonna do. So that speaks highly of the community and it's fantastic. We wanted to make sure that we supported those in the community, which are employees. You know, We have over 200 employees here and I don't know a lot of people know that, is that we paid all of our full-time, we were able to pay a lot of our part-time, we did have to furlough a few, um, just because there was nothing for them to do. They, you know, we have childcare area that shut down, but yet we still did uh, emergency childcare uh, during the pandemic. And we were the only one at the time doing it. So families that needed it, our first responders, medical workers, we were here for them and they were here for us. Definitely a relational piece. We have to think about how we do programs differently. We have to reevaluate the current programs we're running. And we have to look at business just on a opportunity level and not so much as a demise level. I would encourage all business owners and all CEOs and all leaders that don't come back and say, well, this is the way we've always done it and expect to do it that way again, because we have to look through a whole nother lens. And that's gonna be important for uh, every business that is coming through the pandemic.
2: That's awesome. That's a great way of looking at it. If you and I were to get back together and say like a year, and look back over the past 12 months, where we are now to where we, where we will be, what would have had to have happened for you to feel happy with the progress concerning your, your life and, your, and the why is in general?
0: That's a good question. I think a lot of it is gonna be in a year from now, if I'm able to turn around and say, we made a positive impact in the community. We saw people that were emotionally distressed that we're able to come have an outlet, uh, where right now I don't know that a lot of people do. We wanna make sure that we were safe, that we brought common sense into it, that we went about it in the right direction, which nobody on this earth right now walking and breathing has ever been through this experience, unless there's somebody out there who was born before 1918 and they went through the Spanish flu. The reality is when someone says, oh yeah, I've been here, oh yeah, I've gone through this, they're lying, okay? (laughs) This is something that no one has ever been through that is currently in a leadership role uh, or anybody walking around, is that we are all learning day to day. And so in a year from now, if we're able to come back and say, you know what, we did it right, but there were bumps and bruises along the way, and we learned from them and we adjusted and we made the right corrections, I will be more proud of the fact that we either took strategic risks or at least took the leaps for the right purpose to then better the community in ways that no one else could. And if I can turn around a year from now and say with the integrity that we did that, then I will be proud of what we've done, whether we succeed or fail, as long as we tried to figure it out and went through the right steps while it was occurring. Because in a year from now, there aren't going to be leaders out there that say, oh, yeah, I went through that. You know, a lot of young leaders. I hope they will learn from the ones that did go through it so they then can turn around and not make the same mistakes that were made so we can then better the people around us.
2: Oh, that, that's great. And what, what, what do you think are the obstacles staying in your way of, of kind of reaching that goal?
0: I think a big one is fear, fear of the unknown. What does it look like without the media? What does it look like without politics? What does it look like without people having masks on? You know, what does it look like with medical facilities that are fully staffed and not having to furlough people? Um, I think there's a lot of factors that come into that. And I think there's so many unknowns that it's tough to get to a right answer. (laughs) So it's tough to answer that one.
2: (laughs) No problem. What other questions could I ask that I didn't ask yet?
0: you yeah, some good questions. I'd be really curious to hear where other leaders or other uh, organizations will bring in conversation. Yeah. I would almost be curious to have a panel put together and, and say, hey, from the nonprofit world, here's an individual. And from the for-profit world, here's an individual. From the public sector, from the private sector, you know, governmental. I think that to me would spur an opportunity for more questions to be brought up and actually have some dialogue and have some good discussion in there. So, I don't know that there are other questions to ask me. I think we've covered a lot today. I mean, if you guys ever want to put a panel together, I think it'd be great to be a part of it. For me, I would love to see Grants Pass be a leader in how we can help other communities like ours in the state of Oregon or even in California, Washington, anywhere else, and how we might start some dialogue around this and what it might look like. Because I think right now we're all playing this guessing game and this game of, well, who is right, who's wrong, and, and I, right now I don't think there's enough data or evidence or anything to give us any clear direction. And, and I think there's, just a, there's a lot of it that is in a fear base right now, and it's tough to have a lot of those answers come out. And I think there's a lot of information that wrong, right, or indifferent is going out uh, and, and so you're getting these split sides. So I think a panel from having all these different sectors and outlooks, having some good hard dialogue, getting some more data from it, um, will then give better direction to, uh, to leaders around you know our community and other communities. And maybe this is a place to start that. I don't say there's more questions. I think there's more possible designs for the future.
2: That's fabulous, awesome answer. And that's a great idea for putting together a panel. We'll definitely have to look into that in the future here. What could a listener do if they're interested in finding out more about the why and all the services that you guys provide?
0: Yeah, we encourage people to come by and, and get a tour of the facility, take a look at where and how we're being safe. You know, having wipes and sanitizers and the custodial crew going around and, and cleaning. We're taking all the right precautions and I want people to know that this is a very safe place to come. You know, we are doing what we can and what we can control in order to have that safety. We screen people when you come in. I know this whole mask thing right now, um, you know, we, we encourage people to wear masks if they have a health condition, obviously we want to be mindful of that, is that we want people to feel as safe as they possibly can, but understand that we're taking a lot of the right precautions. We're thinking of our members first. So if people want more information, you know, they can go to our website, they can go on our Facebook page. Our Facebook page is what we ha- is most updated. If people just want tours of the facility, we have program guides here to talk about the programs we offer. We have everything, something from your youth all the way up to your senior, in between, families. Uh, so we would highly encourage people just to come by and check it out. I think this is the, the best kept secret in Grants Pass, to be honest with you. Uh, as I've been here a little over a year and a half again, this facility is not talked about enough and I think that if people, once they realize the more that we have and what we are offering, uh, they'll find that we meet some of their needs that they may be looking for. And so I just encourage people to come by and check it out and uh, see our beautiful pool, see our weight room, our cardio center and all the programs that we run for people.
2: Great information and really appreciate you being on the show. Matt Lund, thanks for being on Grants Pass VIP.
0: Thank you, I appreciate it.
2: really cool sitting down with Matt Lund I got to go straight into his office there at the YMCA see the pictures of his family up on the wall and everything else a few concepts that came to me after our conversation one thing was that Matt has this willingness to dive in the community and become a connector hasn't been here that long he knows a heck of a lot more people than I do and it's just really cool to see somebody just go in with guns blazing, so to speak, and really get out there and get to meet people and do the things that are necessary when you're such a major part of the community like the YMCA is in Grants Pass. Another thing, it's really cool how they're handling the COVID-19 situation there at the YMCA. They're not taking it too far in any one direction, and I think that's commendable. I think you have to be Uh, realistic while also sticking with as many regulations as you can. And I think they're doing a really good job at that while still trying to provide as much as they did previously. So that's really a good thing in my book. And overall, Matt just holds himself in a confident professional manner. He's friendly, And you need someone like that if you're looking to hire someone to run your business for you. You need a personality, somebody like Matt. And like he said, you really have to have the personality for this type of job. Can't just put anybody in there. You have to have the right type, the type of person that goes in with the idea of solving problems and making things work. And Matt is certainly that type of guy. I'm happy to have someone like him in charge of the YMCA.
1: Join us again on the next Grants Pass VIP, brought to you by the team at BrianJPombo.com. Helping movers and shakers in Southern Oregon and beyond stand out. That's B-R-I-A-N-J-P-O-M-B-O.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest or a sponsor on Grants Pass VIP, go to GrantsPassVIP.com forward slash contact. Guests who appear on the show do not necessarily endorse the opinions of the host or sponsors. The theme music is FunShine by Kevin MacLeod. Our host is a Grants Pass resident and business strategist, Brian Pombo. I'm executive producer, Shawnee Douglas. And until next time, live rogue and have fun.